Good morning and welcome to this podcast from St Saviour's Church in Oxon for Sunday the 11th of February, Quinquagesima Sunday, the Sunday next before Lent. Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Today's Gospel reading is taken from St Mark's Gospel, chapter 9, beginning to read at verse 2. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart, by themselves, and he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling bright, such as no one on earth could brighten them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us set up three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my Son, the Beloved, listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them any more, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen, until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Well, as I said at the beginning of the podcast today, it's Quinquagesima Sunday. In other words, it's the Sunday before Ash Wednesday, the Sunday when we prepare for Lent and Easter. And today, in the Church of England, we always read this gospel story about the transfiguration of the Lord. And there is a great wisdom in this choice. For the transfiguration story can teach us so much about these central mysteries of our faith. The transfiguration is perhaps not a story which receives much attention here in Western Christianity. It seems to matter much more to our Eastern Orthodox sisters and brothers who write and reflect and pray so much more about this transfiguration story than we do in our tradition. So I want to turn to an Eastern Orthodox icon of the Transfiguration today to guide us as we reflect on this story. Perhaps as you're listening to this podcast, if you have access to the internet, you could Google the Transfiguration icon and look at it as you're listening to these words. The icons of the Eastern Church are in fact sermons in themselves, sermons in pictorial form. Each detail of the icons represents centuries of Christian reflection on the biblical stories and the central truths of our faith. So we hear in each icon not just one sermon from one preacher, but a distillation of hundreds of sermons from hundreds of preachers over hundreds of years. So much Christian depth, so much Christian wisdom helping us to see and hear the biblical story for ourselves in new ways. At the centre of our icon, our transfiguration icon, we see Christ, 
standing on Mount Tabor, his body, even his clothes, glorified. The scriptures tell us that Jesus was transfigured before his disciples and his clothes became dazzling bright, such as no one on earth could brighten them. There is here a revelation of the identity of Jesus, a revealing of his identity. The disciples see his divine glory. So I suppose we often imagine that the transfiguration was like a taking off of the outward appearance to reveal the glory with him. This would be a mistake. And indeed, this is why Mark's Gospel takes such care to tell us that Jesus' clothes, his outer garments even, were glorified too. It's not that we peer within to see the glory. Rather, it's that we look ahead to see the glory. The transfiguration is a sneak peek ahead to the resurrection when the humanity of Jesus, the tortured humanity, will be glorified, will shine out with the glory of the divine nature to which it is united in the incarnation. Even his clothes shone. On one side and the other, we see Elijah and Moses. They too stand on mountains. Do you see Elijah standing on Mount Horeb, Moses on Mount Sinai? They stand on the mountains on which they had met with God. They stand on these mountains again to show us something more about the identity of Christ. Once again, as they look on Christ, they are encountering God himself. Then at the bottom of the icon, Peter, James and John, whom Jesus had taken up the mountain with him, we see them in disarray. Terrified, their clothes are disordered to show us the confusion and upset in their minds. Once again, the clothes show us what is happening. Two of the three turn away. One hides his eyes. And it's here in the icon that we glimpse ourselves. Fallen human beings finding themselves in the presence of God. For what was the first thing that Adam and Eve did after they fell in the Garden of Eden? The first thing they did was to hide. They hid from each other, then they hid from God. And this is what we see in the icon. We see ourselves hiding from God. We see how Christ, our God, responds. We see the shafts of light coming from Christ, three shafts of the divine light travelling from Jesus to the three men who are in disarray. Christ calling them, calling us to share in his light, to share in his glory, calling them and us to warm ourselves on the fire of his love. And this journey, the journey which takes us from hiding from God to standing in his light, sharing in his life, this is the journey of Lent. 
and the invitation of today. So the church calls us in the next six weeks to stop hiding from God so much, to spend more time with him in prayer and with the Bible. The church calls us to fast in the next six weeks. Less food, perhaps, or less television, less stuff. Because one of the ways we hide from God is that we fill up our lives to overflowing so that there's no room, no time left for God. And the church calls us in the next six weeks to come to God in penitence, to turn away from our sins which keep us far from God and block our view of him. So, prayer, fasting and penitence, these are the Lenten disciplines. Not because we want to make ourselves miserable, but because these are the spiritual practices which millions upon millions of Christians before us have found help them to stop hiding from God, help them to come to God's light. God's love, God's forgiveness in Jesus Christ, our risen and glorified Saviour and our God. Let us pray. Almighty Father, whose Son was revealed in majesty before he suffered death upon the cross, give us grace to perceive his glory that we may be strengthened to suffer with him and be changed into his likeness from glory to glory who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your heart and mind in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be with you and remain with you always. Amen. May God bless you today and in the coming week.